Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Hey, girls! Hi! Hello! Hello. Y'all got some pizza? Yes, and Capri Suns. My fave. (laughs) Um, Well, are y'all ready to start the panel? We are. Um, We're excited to be answering some questions for you girls um, here at... We took a lot of, we, there's a whole lot of questions, and there's a whole lot more still in the bucket, but we tried to narrow it down because some of your questions were repeats, and some of them we wanted to dive deeper in on, and so we want to do them on our podcast. Do y'all have the slide for our podcast? If y'all are not following uh, the Waves Ministry podcast, you need to be. Um, it is on Spotify and on iTunes. And you just go and it's Waves Ministry Podcast. And you can listen to the sermons from this weekend later. Um, or we actually, we did a whole bunch. I think we did like five or six podcasts here the last um, few months where we've talked about each one of our sessions and different things and what they mean in your spiritual life. And so anyway, I hope you'll check it out later. But we want to dive in. And me and Christy have kind of previewed these, but we really haven't had time to think through this. Very quickly. Everything's off the cuff. So are we cool to be real today? Are we cool to be real today? Okay. Thank you. Um, (laughs) If you have not met our Waves team, we should probably introduce ourselves. I know that y'all have been leading worship, but like, who are you people? You (laughs) too. You too. Hi, I'm Amanda Cheely. Last year I was Amanda Wilders. So got married a month later. Got pregnant a few months later, and now we're having a baby. Woo! And it's a... It's a girl named Charlotte Rose. Yay! And what about you? My name is Taylor Barber. I was Taylor Merriman last year. (laughs) Did you forget that? You were that your whole life. (laughs) Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah, my name's Taylor Barber. I am... I don't know. What do I... She's having a baby, I'm pregnant, if you can't tell. I was not in labor last night. Many of you had come up to me concerned (laughs) about being in labor. I'm not due for another few weeks. I just look like any moment. And, well, we'll see. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're having a girl, and we're going to name her Amelia. Yay. It is very cute. Thank you. Um, And you've met the two of us. So, um, (laughs) hello again. Okay, so the first question is, how do you make and publish a Christian book? Well, Coraline, I think you should answer that question. And then Amanda. Uh, Or Amanda. Amanda. Actually, Amanda's one step farther. I know. Ready, go. Her books are for sale. There's (laughs) multiple ways to do this. Right right back there, next to my husband, who's living proof that the book will get you a man, right? (laughs) Okay, that's not how it works. Don't don't do that. Just kidding. Um, How do we make, you make it, you just, you know what, y'all? It took me a very long time, but you know, the hardest part is getting started and actually like putting all your ideas down on paper, laptop, and just when you get in something, a thought, write it and keep going back to it and keep writing and keep tweaking. And um, 
And eventually it starts to form together, I think. And uh, honestly, even after I got it written and done, had people look at it and had to tweak it and edit it, and then had to actually find someone to publish it, which is a very hard process. There's different ways you can go. Um, I went more of a, it's a combination of self-publishing and a company, uh, Christian Faith Publishing for me. And it was, a, it was a pretty good company and they helped a lot with um, getting it together and I love the end result of it. Um, but the way I did it, self-publishing, cost me money. So I had to pay for the books up front and then you get a return on it later. Um, so sometimes you can go look for a publisher and they'll buy the book from you. That's a lot harder, so, and yeah, I don't know what you did. Go ahead. <laughs> um, fun fact, I have two online books that probably wouldn't be helpful to you guys. They'd be helpful to your youth pastors. Um, <laughs> I have an online book for youth pastors, um, and it's called 50,000 Water Balloons and Many Other Youth Group Games. And so it has a lot of games for youth groups. And then I have another book that has 45 small group uh, question like curriculum. And so that is just an online book and it was free to do. And um, I wrote the curriculum. Basically, I was writing our small group curriculum for our youth ministry at our church here in Destin. And um, I just tossed it over to a friend of mine who happens to work in a publishing company. And he said, I'll do it online. So um, I've never seen a cent from a single one of those books because they're only like $4 a piece and stuff. And so it's fine. But, um, <laughs> um, but this book that I've been working on, um, God gave me the idea for it actually 10 years ago. And I started with a blog. And so for um, eight years, I wrote a blog by the name of Big Hair, Big Faith. And then I paused and I quit writing on the blog because I felt like God told me to start writing, writing. And so, fun fact, three years ago, I actually had almost completed the book, and I was doing it over, like, a Christmas break, and my computer crashed two months later, and I lost everything. Yeah, I don't think I've told any of y'all that, actually. And That's so, um, and just FYI, don't trust the cloud. <laughs> cloud lies. The cloud lies. And so, I had a very emotional experience in the Apple store in Nashville, Tennessee over Christmas, and um, I have not talked about it since, and me and the Lord are still processing it. But I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, but I rewrote it this year, and so I actually did it in two stints. Um, I took a weekend, I took two days and went to Atlanta, and I wrote my little heart out um, up in Atlanta, and I did half of it there. And then the other half, I actually booked a cottage where some of the guest speakers are staying, and I went and wrote the other half of it just in August and finished it. And so. I'm, I'm not sure which publishing route I'm going to go. I'm thinking self-publishing, but I've got a few niches there, so we'll see. And I'm actually having one of my old students do the artwork for the cover um, from a church I worked in in Texas, so I'm excited. Um, so wait real quick. Everyone repeat after me. Caroline, publish your book because we need it. Yay! Thanks, Chris. Good job, you guys. So as soon as we get home from Africa, I will get on that. So um, how, the next question is, how do you live around stress or the pressure slash fear of failure? How do you, like, manage fear of failure, stress, pressure? You have to, like, you have to do what you're afraid of. I totally struggle with that. I absolutely do. Um, but you, you have to, you got to do it. Like, I, I'm called to sing, 
and lead worship and, and do all of that. And there was a time, there's been many times in my life I've been too afraid to step up and say like, hey, that's supposed to be me. Like I'm supposed to do this or writing music. I'm terrible at like, <laughs> I think I've, I probably have enough for like 10 albums of music I've written and And, and they're all like really good. They're sick, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, they are sick. <laughs> So yeah, I think I really, if I could say anything about that, is do what you're afraid of. If if you know God's calling you to do it, and and others have encouraged you, but you're just kind of like waiting, and I'll wait forever. I'll just sit there on it, and I'm like, eh, well, we'll get to it one day. Don't do that. That's bad. Do what you're afraid of. Amen. I also want to say, like, sometimes the fear and pressure of others can kind of rub off on you. Um, like you might be okay with who you are and who God's called you to be, but sometimes just being in proximity with somebody that walks in fear can rub off on you. I'll give an example. Um, Earlier this year, there was a season where I had been in close proximity, just working closely with someone who just, you can tell they just are very fearful about life in general. It's like, oh my goodness, like they get a splinter and they think they're going to like get an infection and die from it. Like just the the like smallest thing, they like just go off onto this deep end of just fear. And um, that person was removed from my life for like two weeks. And then whenever they came back, I just remember, like, whenever they came back, I suddenly was like, oh, I'm not actually fearful. I've just had to be around this person constantly, and they're very fearful, and now I'm starting to think like them. And that's why you have to have your mind and your heart continually submitted to Christ. Like, if you're in your prayer closet and you're realizing what's going on, I think sometimes God allows you to be separated from those things for a little bit of time so you can step out of it and go, wait a second. Like, why? I'm not scared. I'm not fearful. I don't have that actual pressure. Um, It's they are dealing with that monster. And because I'm in their proximity, um, that rubs off on me. Um, Sometimes you live with family members that operate in that. Maybe you have a parent that they feel like they've never measured up and they're trying to perform constantly. So then they try to put that on you. I've seen that in my own family before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I just, I know, I don't want to lose all these questions, y'all. I just think you have to kind of remember, like, you are separate from those people. um, That what they think and do, like, that's a whole separate person. So, does that make sense? Yeah. And I would say real quick, fear is from the enemy. That's not from God. And when you feel fear, you speak to that fear and you tell it to go. Yeah. And it has to go, and you say, go in the name of Jesus. And it has to flee from you. Um, I would say that normally what you're most afraid of is what God's called you to do. Yep. And I think that's why the enemy, just like Rebecca said earlier, the enemy attacks you at your identity. He's not going to attack you at the things that you don't care about. He's going to attack at your identity and the core of what God's called you to do and to be and who he's called you to be. So when that happens... That needs to be your aha moment of going, oh, like this is, hmm. So you've actually probably called me to do this or to be a part of this in some way to make the change, to speak out against what the enemy is trying to do. Um, So just keep that in mind. And sometimes like if you're in contact with somebody else that's dealing with that, it might be that God has placed you there to be a game changer agent to show them how to walk in freedom from that. Yeah, that's true. Um, That maybe if you do have a parent that's freaking out and they're trying to put pressure on you, you can say, well, dad, 
did you feel like you didn't measure up in volleyball? Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just a simple question, right? Um, so it might be that you're the one to help bring that change. Uh, well, I would say, too, just the way to know the difference is to just ask the Holy Spirit because he'll tell you. You can get kind of, I think we can get kind of confused on, like, and get in our heads about, like, well, is it this or is it this? Just ask, like, Lord, what's happening here? And he'll give you the strategy to walk it out. So changing directions, how do you get over a boy? <laughs> I'm still working on that now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't. I'm just, no. <laughs> Boys have cooties. Stay away until you're 30. <laughs> We're pregnant. Like, we can't really. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how did you, I mean, you dated a lot when you were younger. Y'all had heartbreak, right? Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Uh, like a million times. <laughs> um, the unhealthy way to do it, which I can speak from experience, is to date another boy right after that boy that you're womp, trying to get over. Womp, Don't rebound. do Don't that. Do it. It's, it's a not good for them or you. You'll, you'll make yourself crazy, okay? You'll get real crazy real quick. <laughs> date, just serial dating. Don't do that. Um, plain and simple, you give, it, you give that boy to Jesus. And that takes time, and that takes um, even if forgiveness. You've got to walk through some forgiveness. If the, there was betrayal or um, if you've had a crush for a really long time, maybe you just need, you just need to get over it. But just give it, to, just give it to Jesus. Just say, Lord, like, I'm really struggling with this. Like, I had feelings for this guy, and they won't go away. Please help me to, to remove that from my life. I want to be free to to go where you've called me to do and to be, be with who you've called me to be with. Because when you're, when you're stuck in that and you're stuck in this cycle of like, does he like me? Does he not? He looked at me. Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe he's my husband. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You'll drive yourself crazy and everyone around you. He's not your husband. And everybody will know it. <laughs> Just, it's a simple, that's another like prayer closet thing. Just Lord, help me get over this. This is nonsense. Help, help me get over it. And sometimes that's just like, it's a distraction from the enemy. It really is. Cause nine, nine times out of nine, you're not called to marry that person. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And I was going to say, and don't feel bad about setting boundaries that are healthy for you. Yes. Um, just because he wants to be around you or he wants to spend time with you or still be your friend. Doesn't mean that that's what's healthy for you. He's a turd possibly. Um, and so it's okay for you to set that boundary, even if it hurts their feelings, because their heart may not, our hearts are delicate girls. Like they really are. Um, they're fragile and they're sweet. And not that guys' hearts aren't delicate as well, because they are. Um, I think guys just, they, they process things a lot differently. Um, and so I think for you, like, do what is right with you and ask the Lord, like, okay, God, like, what boundaries do I need to have with this joker? Like, like what do I need to do? Like, and then walk it out. Do the hard part of actually walking it out. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Um, I also, I have a really strong, uh, you know, feelings of what the Lord told me about dating and things. And um, personally. Which are in her book. Which are over in my there. book. And, and I'll touch on in yeah. my session as well. And it's not necessarily for everybody, but I, for me, I, I didn't date much. But when I did and broke up and it hurt my heart, um, something 
leading into it first was God had told me specifically, guard your heart. Don't give your heart away to someone that's not going to be your husband. That's not your husband, you know? Um, and when you've broken up with someone, thank God because he wasn't your husband. And that's the only reason we really are, I mean, it's fun to date and be doted on and have somebody, you know, give you gifts and tell you you're pretty and he loves you. But you know what? Ultimately, if that's not the man you're going to marry, it's going to hurt you. And so guard your heart. And then when, if you've broken up with someone, the way to get over it is to say, thank you, God, that I'm not with that person I'm not supposed to be with. Um, don't really settle good. for someone you're not supposed to be with. Um, just really be prayerful about, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, and knowing the biggest thing I think is if you're upset about a breakup is you have to know who you are. I'm okay being single because I'm God's and I am loved and God is enough for me. So if you're having a hard time with a breakup, it's because you don't know who you are. Yeah. You need to know that you are loved and you are enough, just you and God. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's like a long issue, but <laughs> no, like there Amanda were a whole said, lot of questions on this topic. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough out there sometimes, you know, and you get your heart broken easily. <laughs> it's rough out there, guys. <laughs> But know your worth. Know what you deserve. I was, I, someone mentioned to me they had heard my story last year. I was married to a man that was, I was not supposed to be married to. And it was terrible. Like, it was really bad. So, I had to, you know, that, that didn't work out and, and all that and, that. and thank God it didn't work out because the man that God brought me to be my husband is the coolest dude on the planet. And I love him so much. He's act, absolutely perfect for me. And you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your time looking for, you know, something that Abba Father wants to give you. Something that God wants to give you is that love and that acceptance and that knowing who you are. Look for that first, and he'll bring you the right person at the right time. And are you willing to wait for that? Because yep. it is worth the wait. But it, it can be hard in the waiting. I know I've sat through a few weddings and been in a few weddings as a bridesmaid. Um, and a flower girl, among other things. But um, one of the things that really ha God's been working on me with in the past year, and especially watching the two of them walk out being engaged and going through the, like the wedding process with the two of them as a friend, um, I've seen a lot of weddings where you people stand up there at the altar and they say, and, and the pastor says, let no man separate what God has put together. There are a lot of marriages God did not put it together. Two people said, I like you. You're hot. We're in the club. Let's make this happen. <laughs> like, I, I'm serious. There's a whole lot of marriages like that. There's a whole lot of dating that happens like that. But it's like, I see you, on, I see you at recess. I see you at the game. I see whatever. And suddenly, I see you I'm at a, church. I see you at church. <laughs> you fine. You can pray. You must be my husband. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> And, and so that's where you have to ask, like, did I make this happen and this guy make this happen or did God put us together? Um, that's something that, I don't know, I've just been processing a lot. No, but, that's awesome. Um, on a completely different topic, <laughs> how, I'm just going to keep this, like, sporadic. That cool? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How many times do you pray per day? And if so, what's the main reason? Help. <laughs> Ooh, I have a start to this. Do um, it. But there'll be more in depth. My, um, one of my favorite scriptures I saw uh, growing up was 
pray without ceasing. Um, and so, like, to me, prayer is just talking to God. And if my friend's with me all day, I'm not going to sit here and ignore my friend all day. And that's how I feel about God. He's just a friend, and he's with me all the time. So I pretty much, like, I don't go into intense, like, prayer and walk around all day, you know, with my head in the clouds. But I'm always aware that he's with me, and I just, like, Lord, I could really use some help right now. Or, man, did you, did you hear what they Gosh, help me, help me, Lord. <laughs> I don't know. So just always being aware, and that's how I kind of see my prayer walk. And, and there's other times where it's more intense, but that's one thing that always stands out to me is pray without ceasing, just constantly being aware that he's there, and I can talk to him all the time. Um, I'm the kind of person that, I, well, I totally, let me first say, I totally believe in what you're saying, and I, I agree with you, and I, I practice that as well. It's just like, if he's right there, if Holy Spirit's within me, then there's a constant dialogue. If he's the lover of my soul, my, my best friend, the, um, my father, all of those wonderful things, then he's right there. And, and the word also says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Like he really does. And that's the hardest thing for us to get sometimes. Like he cares about what's going on with you. Even if it's, if, if it seems trivial or it seems stupid to you, he cares because he cares for your heart and he wants you to have a whole and healthy heart. So constant dialogue um but i also love and i know amanda does this as well is just getting alone sometimes and and taking that moment i love to do this at least like once a day and i'm i'm a nighttime person before bed i love to just get in the word i, I write out my prayers in a journal and then i pray them out loud and it just helps me focus my thoughts and um, just spend some time in worship and and do that as well so there's focused time of devotion to the lord and then there's walking out that focus time out in the world. I would, I agree with both of what you guys are saying, and I think both of them should be practiced. And I do love <laughs> what you said, you said, Amanda, pray without ceasing, like what the scripture says, like that you should, you should pray without ceasing. There should, I, for me, there is that time every day that I take and I do pray with, pray to God. And, um, and I, and I ask him also, I mean, what was the other second part of the question? Um, like, what should was, you pray? Yeah. Like what, what's um, the main thing that you pray about? A lot of times for me, I ask the Lord what, what's on his heart. Um, even if I'm struggling with something, I of course pray and ask for his help. If I know that a friend is struggling or something like that, I pray and I ask him, but I love just to say, father God, what's on your heart? What, what, what is it that you want me to pray for? Is there something I'm not seeing and you want me to pray for it? Show me what it is. Um, and it starts that dialogue between you and Jesus. Um, and I'm, I'm the person where I pray all the time, all day. Like I just like, if you were in my office with me, like you would see like something would hit me all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, Father God, Lord, I just declare this, da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, 20 seconds later, all right, I'm done. Next to back, next, now to my next task, like in work. Um, even y'all have been in the car with me and things have gone on. And I'm like, all right, we need to pray. Like, <laughs> I'm just that type of person because he's always there. He's always ready to hear me. He's always listening. Um, but are we always ready to talk to him? Um, and, and prayer doesn't always have to be that thing where you're just in your closet by yourself and you're there for hours. Like, that's good. When God takes you through those seasons, like, treasure them. They are precious. Yeah. Um, but don't forget that, like, he's always there and ready to listen. 
Yeah. I was going to say, I always have like some time of my day that is just set aside with him. Um, and a lot of times it's just whatever's on my, like whatever I just feel called to pray for in that moment. Sometimes it's that I feel like I need to cover my family or maybe that I'm concerned about this that's going on. And so I want to pray about that. Um, sometimes it, it's, I sit down with the Lord and I have a question and I'm asking him a question and I can't get an answer. Um, many of you ask this question too, like, how do I hear from God? And I'm like, if I can't, if I don't feel like I'm getting a clear answer from the Lord on it, my next question is, who do I need to forgive? Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm not hearing from God, like forgiveness is the key to hearing from God. Um, and so as soon as I can let go of whatever the block is, suddenly those lines of communication are up again. And so um, sometimes it looks like that for me. I don't know how many of you like have, a, like you feel like your mind is just racing constantly. Like with, with yeah, me too. So I know for me, sometimes whenever I do my prayer time, it's like worship music is on and I'm walking around. Sometimes it's I'm in my car and I'm just praying out loud. Sometimes I'm journaling because I need to write out my prayers. But sometimes I will literally like write the word. So for instance, a couple weeks ago, I was praying about some things about our Africa conference and I just wrote Waves Africa down on a piece of paper in my journal and just anything that came to mind that I was concerned about, I just drew a circle around the words Waves Africa and I just made it into like this little artwork piece where I just was writing all the different words. I'm going to pray over our transportation, over our driver, over the translators that the Lord speaks, that every word that I say, suddenly the translator understands and is then able to put it in Swahili correctly so the people get the correct message. I mean, I was writing all of those, every single one of those details down, and it made this really cool piece of artwork, honestly. And so sometimes it looks like writing. Sometimes it looks like worship, that it's like, I don't even know what to pray, but I know that the song Raise a Hallelujah is going to make me burst into tears. So obviously God's moving through that song, so that's going to be my prayer right now. You know, so you just, I, I think Holy Spirit is, oh, listen, I knew that was going to happen at some point, y'all. I can't bend over. Um, yeah, no, you can't. I, can't. Uh, <laughs> I would help um, you, I'm sorry. So anyway, so that's kind of, um, I think we all do it different, and, and that's where God is kind of cool in that, he works with us so differently um, and moves in those different ways. Oh, hey, let me can, ask. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, can I just touch on hearing from God? I think that has a very, some people hear that and they're like, well, I've never heard the voice of God. Um, you have, actually. And guess what? It sounds a lot like you. <laughs> uh, I, I always, like, grew up wanting to hear this, like, distinct manly deep voice that's this is this is god amanda <laughs> go forth do this turn left i don't know i really love clear directions um and, and i would love to just have god speak directly to me and know it was him and i will follow the instructions um but that's not how god works he, he wants us to have faith um and he has given us the bible and that is one way he speaks through us to us um but also, when you're praying and you're like, I want to hear, like, what is God saying to me when I'm praying? Because he's talking back to you. Um, to me, it's, it's an inside voice. It sounds like me. And you know what? It's things that maybe I wouldn't say to myself sometimes. It's those positive things. It's the, um, something that comes across your mind in the middle of when you're praying to him. Um, that maybe, like, oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. That's, that's the Lord speaking to you. 
Um, I don't know. Do you just want to touch a little bit on that? Because like, it's not always clear, but there's a piece about it. Um, and inside of you, you're just, you've just got this feeling of, that's, that's right. The voice of the Lord will always bring truth, um, will always bring love, will always bring correction, but in a loving way. Um, if you're hearing things that you're going, that doesn't sound right, I would say go to your Bible and find out what it says. Um, any kind of, I know you hear like prophetic words and stuff like that, like we, we do are enough of talking about that. Um, everything though that like, what I've been taught, and if you were at my, my breakout session last year, everything is always right back to the Bible. Like you always take those words, like even if it's just you and your quiet time with the Lord, like you take it back to the Bible. You let him prove himself to you in that. And he's, and he's going to every single time because if it's truly him speaking, he's like, yeah, go look it up. I want you to know what my word says and, and that what it says is true and that you are hearing from me, daughter. Um, if it's the enemy, it normally sounds, it normally will bring on fear. It will bring on depression and anxiety. Um, you'll lose hope. Um, your joy will no longer be there. Uh, it's, you'll normally be very sad, honestly. Like, it, it's just things like that. The enemy's voice is very different from what the Lord says to you and, and how he's speaking to you. But Amanda's so correct. A lot of times it sounds like you. It's not this... Thus saith, saith I. Like, it's not like that. It's, he's, he's sweet. He wants to, like, be with you. It's like a friend. Um, so, yeah. So, that brings me to another question. So, I know that this has been, in my opinion, the root of some of the most confusing controversies we have going on in the world right now. Um, and that is the authority of the Bible. Of is the Bible the real deal? Is the Bible actually worth following? Who wrote it? Is it worth following? You want me to go? I'm, I'm going to let the Bible major like <laughs> she went to school for this answer. I believe I'm going to let you answer that one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so in the same way that I would hope you would feel like. God puts things on the hearts of the four of us to share with you, like a sermon or a message or even just words like we're sharing right now. God has been placing things on the hearts of people for forever, since the beginning of time. And he appointed people, and there's whole sections of the Bible called prophets. Um, it's a whole section where every, like Isaiah was a prophet. You know, I mean, there's uh, different books of the Bible were all prophets. And they, um, God would speak to those people, and then those people's job was to then go tell the people the word of the Lord. And those people would get up and basically preach. Um, and they would say, thus saith the Lord. Here are the things that you need to know. Um, in the same way, we do that, and people continue to preach and teach the word all day, every day, across the world. Um, there are different, and, and it's cool because in the word, it does say that it is God-breathed. Um, and it's almost as if, I know for myself, like, on a typical Sunday morning, let me just give you an example. On a typical Sunday morning, I hate doing announcements for the church. 
Like, I hate it. Like, I hate when I'm like, hi, our mission and vision as a church is to blah, blah, blah. Hey, I want you to sign up for the paint wars. You better do that, students. Like, I hate doing announcements because the Spirit of God is not on me doing announcements. The Spirit of the Lord is on me preaching. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, God shows up when I'm, it's time for me to preach. God does, I mean, he can, I guess, bless my announcement giving as well. But um, there is something. He sure can. He sure can. But there's something special to whenever God has called you to preach or teach. And so I believe that there are many people in the Bible that God breathed on them whenever they were walking with the Lord back in the day. Moses wrote a good portion of scripture. David, who was a king and killed giants, um, he wrote the Psalms that are these flowery words that we sing oftentimes. And he was a guy that was tough and he was tender. And so he wrote down many different Psalms that we sing and we pray oftentimes, like at funerals, whenever we're crying, whenever we're joyful. Um, and, and so God breathed on these people and they wrote them down. Here's the cool part. For thousands and thousands of years, the ones that are in the Bible are the ones that have repeatedly there's been copy upon copy upon copy upon copy that lined up and mirrored these exact words and so back in the day people didn't have like text messaging and instagram and uh, google the web the web to post things so what they would do is they would write things down on tablets or they would write things down on paper and they would pass it on to their family members well the things that are actually in the bible that you read today are manuscripts that of the exact same stories. And the ones that have made the cut are the ones that there had to be X number of ones of copies that were the exact same. And so they were put into the Bible. Are people guilty of having issues? 100%. None of us are perfect. None of us are Jesus. None of us are Jesus. We're not perfect. And so, yes, I'm sure there are times where there have been other books in the Bible that were maybe God spoke to somebody else and they tried to get it in the Bible, but it had one, two less copies. And so they didn't put it in because they said, you know what? We just want to make sure. We want to make sure. And so um, the original language in the Bible was Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew. Um, not like the Greek that they speak over in Greece, but ancient Greek. And so there's been lots of copies of that made. So all that said, does that make sense? That was amazing. This is yes in America. Does that make sense? Yeah. I only saw two nods. Did that make sense? Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Okay. How do we let go for good forever and give it up to God? Let it go. Let it go. I'll stop. Okay. I think you have to understand what's on the, what he's wanting to give you once you release things. I was talking to one of the girls down yeah. here earlier. They stopped me and, and they were talking about how they had just so much unforgiveness and, and hurt and pain. And I just told her, I said, you've got to lay it down to them. Like you, you have to, you don't, it, you can choose to keep it because you know it, because you're comfortable, because you can depend that that feeling's going to be there. Or you can do the scary thing and give it to God. And truthfully, it's not scary. We just think it's scary because, how do I say this? I think sometimes we perceive Jesus as being the unknown, as 
we don't know what's going to happen. I know for me, I didn't know what would happen when I finally gave everything over to him. Um, when I thought it was everything, it wasn't. I still was holding stuff back from him. But I know in that moment that I, the change was scary. I knew once I said yes to him and, and I gave him everything that I had and everything that I was holding on to, that that meant that I was giving him freedom to move in my life. And that was, that was extremely scary for me because it meant that I no longer was able to have control. Um, and I think a lot of times we hold on to things because we want control. And, and, and that's just ridiculous. Because um, we can't, he can do so, so much better than what we ever thought of. Um, when I try to control things, things get really messy. Yeah, they never right? work out in your favor, ever. Like, they've never worked out in my favor. Like, I know these girls, like, anytime we've tried to control a situation, like, it just doesn't work out like how we thought. And Jesus comes in and is like, all right, let me clean this up for you. Um, <laughs> but I would say you've just got to give it to them. And sometimes it's a process. It's not, I've seen some people where they've come down to the altar, they've laid it all out, and the next thing you know, they're a completely different person. And that's amazing. And God does works like that. Like he does 100% can transform somebody in a moment. But then I know for me, there was transformation in that moment but there was still more that I was holding back. Um, last year, you know, I talked about dealing with depression for so many years, and it wasn't until last year that I finally, like, I gave everything left that I had to him. And in that moment, I felt a freedom like there was, like I'd never felt before because the gifts he had for me once I let go were more than I could have ever thought of or expected or could have even imagined. Um, Kind of yeah. explain it. Yeah. Um, next, I want to, this is our last one for here. The rest of them we'll have to put on our podcast. But, we got um, so many podcasts. We got so many podcasts to do. Um, what are some healthy ways to cope with self-harm or what do you do if you need some emotional support? Um, I will just tell you, um, two years ago, we had a lady come named Nancy Alcorn. Was anybody here for that? Fancy Nancy is what I like to call her. Nancy Alcorn, write her name down. Nancy Alcorn. She has amazing books, and she has a couple different books on self-harm uh, where she dives deep into that topic. She also has a couple books on um, just if you have eating issues, maybe you've been starving yourself or, or doing self-harm, or maybe you've had suicidal thoughts or depression. She has geared books just towards those topics, and they're amazing. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've referred those. Also, I would say it is never wrong to say, help, I need help. Um, whether it's telling a youth pastor, a small group leader, or getting a counselor, um, I think there's a lot of taboos and a lot of stigma that goes with counseling. But I just want to let you know, like, how many of you have to go to the doctor at least once a year? Okay, thank you. Thank so we're all on the same page. Um, to think that, <laughs> thank you, to think that um, if you're going through something difficult in the same way that if my body gets sick, I'm going to uh, go to the doctor. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord for help and physical healing, but I'm also going to go to a physician. God gave some really awesome people to help give me medicine and give me things to do to make me feel better. Um, in the same way, whenever we're dealing with a mental process where we're feeling suppressed or we're feeling depressed or maybe we're doing something that's harmful to us, 
um, it is not wrong to say, God, heal me of this, at the same time to go to a counselor and say, I'm going to seek medical, somebody that actually specializes in the brain and how it works. Now, here's my suggestion. Go to a Christian counselor. It's worth every penny. And if you cannot go to a Christian counselor, talk to your youth pastor. Um, I know at this church, we've said any kid, any student, any adult that needs counseling, we will help you with the finances of it because we want you to go to a Christian counselor because there are some wackadoodles out there, I'm just going to be <laughs> honest, that are not Christian, and they'll take you down some weird paths. But go to a Christian counselor. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's also things called like suicide hotlines and, and stuff like that. If you download our Minted Truth app, we even have that in our prayer um, in our prayer section on the Minted Truth app where you can go call a certain hotline and there are people that are there to help with prevention on things like that. Um, so I think that's really important. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.